Hey, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. We are sponsored by our the best sponsor, right? Leap Spirits. Leap Spirits. It's awesome. And today we're making a drink. Wags, you are the master of the drink. So what are you making for us today? Today we're making a Leapin Greyhound. And so this is a really very basic drink. Of course, we're going to start with our Leap Spirits vodka. One and a half ounces in each drink. And Dane, this is so easy, you can do this at home, um, either using a tumbler or a highball glass. And then next we're just going to get some grapefruit juice. Great. Fill that most of the way. Wait, I love this. This is looking really good. Absolutely. And then just a splash of cranberry juice. Ooh. Wisconsin's finest cranberry juice. Absolutely. And then we're going to garnish with some grapefruit slices. Look at this. And we're all set to go. Cheers. Cheers, go Paco. Go Paco. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with you. Good luck. Only thing I will. All right, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane here with my boy Wags. Wags a little under the weather tonight, um, but, you know, day-to-day like Jair. He's toughing it out uh, with us on a Friday night. Thanks for joining us, and it's a short week, really. Packers play in London, England against the New York Giants. First time the Packers have been to Europe, uh, so kind of a big deal, I think, on that front, but otherwise, business as usual. Packers looking to, to go in and move to 4-1 and one on the young season. That's not quite so young all of a sudden. We're a quarter of the way through. So Wags, how you doing? Packer football coming back at us Sunday morning if you're living in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm glad it's the weekend. Uh, so folks, uh, sorry for missing our episode uh, recap on Tuesday, but uh, actually Monday normally is when we were going to do it. But then um, I got COVID for the first time in this whole uh, pandemic. So uh, I was not feeling too well. And uh, Dane, I guess I should feel honored that uh, you didn't want to go ahead and do it solo without me. I guess I'm that indispensable to the show that we can, uh, can't go on without me. But uh, anyway, it's good to be back here tonight. Um, and Dane, I'm excited. It's like playing football without a 50 yard line, Wags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Can't do it. I, think the, the, I think the players are excited to be over in London. Um, and uh, it's going to be fun to see what they're able to do out there on Sunday. Uh, so let's get right into it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. Um, looking looking at this team, I, I don't know how we can't talk uh, about, um, you know, looking at the injury report, think, right away. Um, big top-line guys. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers guys. I think the 
biggest deal right now. Adrian Amos last week had that concussion during the game. Uh, did not practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Limited participant. He did travel with the team, but currently not clear if he's going to play. He's questionable for the game. He's probably the biggest name on this Packers team that that has an injury report or you know is is significant. There's a few other guys. Devontae Wyatt, uh, Packer first round pick, uh, did not practice the last couple days either. So possibility that he's unable to go um, right now at this point, this stage in his career, not getting a ton of snaps. Uh, but anytime a first round pick is injured, you definitely have to make mention and make note of that. But Wags, I'll tell you what, I want to look at this New York Giants offense, and then we can talk a bit about this injury report. The big deal here is clearly with the wide receivers for the New York Giants. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he's out. Um, I look at uh, Wandale Robinson, first round pick, he's out. Kadarius Tony. Tony had a big week or two last year, but has had quite a bit of an injury history. He's out. So the Giants right now are without three top-line wide receivers for their roster. So Amos out potentially for the Packers. Maybe, maybe not. But the Giants coming in, limping at the wide receiver position. What does that mean for this Packers defense, Wags, on the front end? Because those are the big three names. The Packers are not looking at premium position players for the Giants at wide receiver. Yeah, I'd like to say that that would make a huge impact, and it should. Uh, but as we just saw last week, the Patriots' third-string quarterback came in and was still able to have success moving the football against this defense. Um, we've seen a game against the Bears uh, a few weeks ago that the Bears threw for less than 100 yards the entire game. We're still able to move the ball effectively on the ground, and I think uh, we all know that game was a little closer than the final score indicated based on how it was trending in the second half and the way the Bears were running the football. So um, with Saquon Barkley healthy out there, um, he's going to be my number one worry no matter what. And I don't care if the Giants had all three of these guys. They're talented wide receivers. Uh, but with Daniel Jones at quarterback, I'm not sure that uh, you know exactly what you're going to get week to week in the passing game for the New York Giants football team. Uh, but um, the way that they can run the ball and with Saquon Barkley looking healthy and in tip-top condition, Dane, doesn't he scare you more than anything? Because, um, yeah, it should give the Packers a little bit of an edge uh, with these guys being injured. But Saquon Barkley is one of those guys that can just take over a game all by himself. Uh, yeah. gotcha uh, on the defense. And Wags, I'll tell you what, last week watching this Packers defense and going back and watching it, I actually watched a little bit last night. There was a replay on the NFL Network, so I was able to go back and watch a fair amount of the game. Um, they, the Packers, in hindsight, had a really difficult time um, keeping the edge uh, defensively last week. They were getting roped in quite a bit. I thought that uh, my X Factor last week was J.J. Enigbare. He had a really tough go, uh, which you expect sometimes from a young guy. I was hoping he just looked tough. You know, he didn't, he, he had a really rough game, I thought. They were able to, to reach him a fair amount. So 
This week, you've got to think the Packers need to set the edge against the Giants. The Packers need to be able to keep contain on Saquon Barkley. Um, I've got to think, Pack Wags, that the Packers' um, game plan going into this week is let anybody but Saquon Barkley beat you. If they go in and do anything other than that, I think it's a mistake. So go in there um, with the eyes on on you know winning the the control, the line of scrimmage, and, and wrapping up Saquon Barkley. Easier said than done. But I think that we're going to bring an extra guy up in the box. We're going to dare the Giants to beat us through the air. And we're going to try to take away their number one primary person, which is, again, Saquon Barkley. Dan, do you see Coach Barry making any adjustments to some of the um, personnel packages he's putting out there? We've seen a lot of two-down two D linemen, and it seems like yeah. there's been some situations where opposing offenses are saying, okay, you're going to do that. We're just going to run the ball in, at, at will. And so it, it begs the question. I, I know that he wants to get his best 11 guys out there sure. on defense, and, and that's the way he's going to do it. But it does beg the question whether he makes some adjustments, uh, because if the league is looking at that, it's not going to stop. And, in fact, they could start exploiting that more and more. Totally. Uh, Wags, you're taking the words right out of my mouth there. I, I think you're right. It's something that I watched a lot of the, the Packers playing kind of that 2D lineman, 4 linebacker, uh, 5 defensive back look. But at a certain point, if they're cramming you, running the ball down your throat, as great as Kenny Clark has been, I mean, I, I'm 100% on board with getting more uh, Reed and, and Dean Lowry out there in addition to Kenny Clark and, of course, TJ Slayton as well. Um, you know, just... Try to try to clog the line of scrimmage and, and really try to take away the run. And if you're playing the Giants, which that's clearly going to be their strength, um, I, I don't want to sit here and, and be playing the New York Giants uh, four, five, and six wide receivers acting like we're facing Devontae Adams and, 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 and Justin Jefferson this week. It's just that's clearly not going to be the case. So, yes, I'd love to see personnel changes. Yes, we want to be able to get the guys we want out there and make teams bend to us. But it's been pretty clear that at times the Packers in, the, in, the, in that set that you mentioned um, have had a hard time stopping the run and in playing a team that primarily wants to focus on the run this week if we can take that away whatever personnel it takes i just think it's going to make this game that much smoother and frankly takes a little pressure off the offense as well then not going to be playing catch up at all i really think that trying to make daniel jones beat us through the air is the way the key to victory this week yeah, and Dane, I think you hit on N.A. Bari having a little bit of a hard time setting the edge. It was a how, tough how, game. How, talk, talk to us a little bit, not just for him, but for everyone out there this week, uh, how important that's going to be against Saquon Barkley, yeah. just sticking with this Giants running game, because uh, we see him, he's such a smooth runner. If he gets an angle, he can cut back against the defense, so in, with a little bit of space, he's not only tough to bring down, he's just big a powerful runner, yeah. but he's just smooth and fast. And so it's, it's hard to uh, overemphasize how important it is that they mean, maintain their gap discipline this week and quite yes. honestly tackle tackle well uh, we need to go back to like the game against tampa where it seemed like we had that good dis gap discipline and uh, good tackling uh with the defense uh, against a giants offense that might be a little anemic might be a little one-sided but um as you said 
the key is to slow down or try to take away Saquon Barkley as much as possible. Uh, to me, that's that's one of the other keys that we need to see this week as well. Spot on, Wags. I you know it's it's the I, I hate to steal from Bill Belichick after beating him in overtime last week, but you know it's the old Patriot saying of "Do your job right." And, and I think that um, the defense is some weeks. You can be a little improvisational, and and you can be you know certainly aggressive, and we always want these guys to be aggressive, but but sometimes, especially when they're typically going to be a little bit more one dimensional, like I think the Giants' offense is going to be this week. If you as you said, stay in your lanes, uh, you know, just kind of stay patient. Uh, and I thought that that was kind of the, the problem last week at times is the Packers defense. They kind of got sucked in a little bit and then you'd allow, and they wanted to be aggressive, make the play, which I get, right? You want to see young guys try to make a play, but they'd get sucked in and then there'd be a crack back, crack back block or the running back would bounce it outside and there's nobody out there and they're going to gut you for a game. Um, so just, you know, it might be a little boring, but um, stay the course. Uh, play your position and, and and do that well, which I think this Packer defense is clearly better than New York Giants offense through the first four weeks. So impose your will and, and, and just do your job. And I think that the Packers are going to come all right. But if we, we start to improvise a little bit or maybe get sucked inside, uh, you know, that, that can certainly be a challenge. And Saquon Barkley, man, if he's able to get the edge on this Packers defense, he's off to the races. And it's not just unique to the Packer defense. That's what Saquon Barkley does. He's back. He's as good as he was his rookie year right now. He looks electric. He looks healthy. So you can't give a player of that caliber an inch. It's kind of like, let's talk about Aaron Jones. Much different running back than Saquon Barkley. But what? If you give Aaron Jones a crease on the outside, guess what? you're probably going to see him off to the races. Barkley's the same kind of guy. He's got that speed. He's got the breakaway speed where you're not going to catch him probably from behind. So the Packers need to play contain. The Packers need to be safe this week. And I, and I don't mean unaggressive when I say safe. I mean, they need to just stay their lane, stay the course, do their jobs. And I think if they do that this week and they don't get too um, too overly aggressive, which is understandable, but if they don't get too overly aggressive, this Packers defense is going to, to come out on top. I think they have better athletes across the line as well, which is an important part of this game. Um, but wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. I want to see gang tackles against Saquon this week too, because he's hard. You're not tackling with an arm, and it's hard to bring him down with one guy. So I want to see this team defense swarm the way that we know this defense can. Yeah, Dane, from the New York Giants uh, side, uh, we've got Daniel Jones uh, is going to play with an ankle injury. Uh, They're without their backup quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, with a concussion. Uh, So if he's a little bit, if Daniel Jones, we know his his biggest weapon is his legs, quite honestly. So if he's not at full speed and he's not able to use his legs quite as much as he normally would, um, yeah. from their perspective, how can they use Daniel Jones in a way that can be effective and to keep this Packer defense off balance? Well, it's a great question, Wags. And, you know, I, I think with, with him – at his best, not only in the pros, but also in college, 
Um, it's, it's when he's able to get out of the pocket and kind of be a little bit more unpredictable using his legs or his arm. Um, but when he's caught in the pocket and he has to make decisions where he's checking, you know, uh, his second, third, and even there's no way very, very rarely is he capable of hitting that fourth read in the NFL level. But, you know, even getting down to his third read, that's where you start to make mistakes. We've seen him in the past when teams are able to keep him in the pocket. He gets a little antsy. He wants to get rid of that ball not take the sack and that's where he gets a little careless with the football so I think this week Wags if the Packers are able to keep him in the pocket and knowing full well that he might not have the ability to scramble the way he normally would like to do it um, that's going to cause major headaches for this New York Giants offense it's just it's not what Daniel Jones wants to do and he has a penchant for turning the ball over at times even when fully healthy so this week um, getting him uh, keeping him in the pocket and making him hold on to that ball a little bit longer and then getting after the quarterback is going to be a, a great choice. I think the Giants game plan this week, though, Eggs, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And when Daniel Jones needs to pass, it's going to be short timed routes um, because they don't want him to hold that ball too long, especially with the injury. They're going to want him to get the ball out of his hands and try to gut the Packers. Now, and I think they can have some success with that, but I'm not sure if they can have prolonged success with that. So that's the goal, I think, if you're the Packers, is getting this Giants team into second, third, and long and making Daniel Jones beat you because, yeah, those short time routes can be beneficial in moving the chains once or twice, but down uh, the entire 100-yard field, that can get pretty monotonous and pretty challenging at the NFL level. And that's what I think the Packers are really going to be looking to get Daniel Jones into this week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think one of the things that from the Packers standpoint, they they really need to get off to a fast start offensively. And we'll talk about the offense keys here in a moment. But this might be one of those games where the best defense is a good offense because that could start to minimize uh, the effectiveness of a running attack game that the Giants are going to want to do. I don't think they're going to get away from that too easily. Um, but that said, it just puts so much more pressure uh, on them to uh, maintain drives and then finish drives to even keep pace and stay in this ball game. Um, I think the Giants have a pretty solid defense. Actually, I, I don't think this is a very good team overall, despite the fact that they're three and one. Their defense is okay. Um, this is not a team that is as good as the Patriots, uh, but I think they're going to try to do a lot of the same things that the Patriots did last week, uh, game plan wise and, and game flow wise, uh, to try to stay in this thing. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how well Daniel Jones is able to be in terms of his effectiveness, because if he turns the ball over uh, early and the Packers offense is humming, I think it's going to be a really hard, hard game for the Giants to stay in it. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Wags. I mean, anytime you can make a team one-dimensional, of course, is great. But this week, I mean, it's 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 a weird week, too, right? I mean, the, the game plan's a little weird, probably. I mean, it, it's a short week um, for for them, obviously. playing. It's not that much shorter, but still kind of shorter. They've got to go all the way out to Europe, right? So every team does it a little differently. So they're, they're flying out there late this week. They flew out there and did that. They're doing the walkthrough. There's a lot of distractions going on, I'm certain, when you go to another country to play a football game. And, and you know, so you've got a young offense uh, in, there in New York. You've got Daniel Jones who's trying to come into his own. But, um, yeah, I, I just... I 
I couldn't agree more with you. If this Packers offense can get off to even a reasonably fast start, even getting a couple touchdowns early in the game like they did, um, you know, in the last couple weeks where they, they seem to get up early and even, they you know, they sputtered later on in the game. But if they can get up early and, and then pin their ears back against Daniel Jones and company and Saquon Barkley is kind of an afterthought, I love the Packers' chances. And you said it. They're 3-1. and one. The Giants are 3-1. and one, But I look at who they play. They have not played the stiffest competition in the world yet. Uh, so far, I think the Packers are the best team that they've played so far. So this is going to be a big test for Daniel Jones and company. But I, I all, all that goes back to, I think the Packers offense needs to take care of business. We'll talk more about the offense in a minute here, but um, the offense will take uh, so much steam off of this defense this week, and that's going to be incredibly important. Yeah, Dan, let's talk a little bit. Uh, it looks like Jair Alexander is going to be back. And I've been a little bit critical of his uh, play so far this season, but how, what does that mean for this defense to get – the the bona fide star of this mm-hmm. defense back. Um, it, what what type of impact do you expect Jair to have? It's massive. It's absolutely huge. I mean, what, do you dare Daniel Jones to throw it towards Jair Alexander, especially without? one of their top three, any of their top three wide receivers there. I mean, that's what I think it does is we know what Jair is going to be able to do. He's going to be able to close down that portion of the field. And and if he doesn't, I think Jair Alexander is going to have a pick or two. And that's that's just what Jair brings to the table against this defense. So he's massively important because if I'm Coach Barry at this point and I know Jair's going out there and he's covering a wide receiver, I go, okay, scheme-wise – that's covered. Let's worry about the rest of these guys now. You know, I mean, that's what Jair is able to do. He's a lock. He's an island on that portion of the field. Yes, I think so far this year, I've been a little bit of challenges. And of course, he's dealt with the groin injury. He was not able to play last week. And the week before, I think he played all of seven snaps. But coming back out there, the Packers aren't playing him unless they think he's 100% uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I think that he's going to go out there. He's going to minimize the passing lanes for, for uh, uh, Daniel, jo- Daniel Jones and and, you know, it just gives the rest of the Packer defense. I mean, I just don't know where Jones throwing the ball this week. Because uh, I wouldn't want to throw up Razul Douglas or Eric Stokes either if I were him. So now we're talking checkdowns to the running back and we're talking middle of the field to the tight end. And that's just not as many options if you're a quarterback that you like to see. So Jair Alexander's impact on this defense is massive anytime he's on the field, but particularly in a week against a quarterback that's kind of mid-tier uh, and against a, a wide receiver group that's uh, just diminished by injury. It's a huge advantage, Packers. Huge advantage. Yeah, and Dane, uh, we may be a little thin at safety. Uh, Adrian Amos is in the concussion protocol. Tree Carpenter Mm -hmm. is dealing with an injury. So both of those guys are listed as questionable. Um, Assuming both are able to go, uh, do you see Coach Barry adjusting and and bringing maybe Darnell Savage up into the box a little bit more uh, to to do some additional run support because uh, quite honestly with that's the impact I think you can see with Jair is let's let's allow these uh, cornerbacks to be out on an island a little bit more especially against a a team that's going to have a hard time finding uh, some dangerous weapons here this week to throw the ball. 
let's trust these guys. Let's take some risk and um, try to roll up and run support and uh, dare those other teams to beat us. If they do, I'll tip my cap. I don't yes. think it's going to happen all that often. Dane, no. do, you think that I, that's a, do you think that's a possibility that we'll start to see some more aggressive maneuvering of, of some of the, the players that we have on the defensive chessboard from Coach Barry? Because I, I, I don't know if, if it's just me, but it seems like he's been a little – a little bit um, lacking in the aggressiveness department, in my opinion. Wait, um, I mean, we ha- yes, and we have to. I mean, I forgot Sterling Shepard's out for the rest of the year with the ACL injury too. So, I mean, they're down their top four wide receivers right now. That that's that's what we're looking at. Looking at. So, I'll tell you what, Wentz. Um, if David Sills the fifth and Richie James beats Jair Alexander deep one on one, and Daniel Jones can find them in the end zone in London, England, um, I'm I, I'm giving away five koozies to to our fan base because I just don't think it's happening this week. So why not go at them? Uh, go full tilt. Bring um, uh, uh, Darnell Savage up. I mean, that's something we want to see anyway. I would love to see Savage uh, unleashed a little bit more. I think he's such a good athlete, and we've seen flashes at times where he is extremely impactful on this defense. I would love to see the Packers bring him close to the line of scrimmage and kind of play that, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to the wayback machine a bit, but Leroy Butler, where they let Leroy just kind of float around the field. He was able to blitz uh, as a safety at the quarterback a bunch, and I mean, Leroy Butler, of course, changed the game. He's an NFL Hall of Fame safety, but wouldn't you love to see Darnell Savage kind of just get the keys to the car on the defense this week against the Giants, knowing full well that he's not really going to have to worry about what's behind him quite as much. Let him get up there. Let him be physical. Let him pop some guys at the line of scrimmage. I would love to see Savage get the chance to do that this week. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. We haven't seen a lot of aggressive adjustments from Coach Barry yet. so far this season yet. Um, so I don't know if this will be the week we see it happen or not, but I wouldn't mind, um, to your point, uh, yeah. giving these guys a little bit more free reign and just letting them play loose and go out there and make some plays. So Totally. Uh, Dane, I think it's about time we should take a break and talk about our sponsor. Draft yeah, Games. let's do it. Yeah, DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with NFL action full swing, um, we're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Wags, check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Um, I'll tell you what. You know who I like this week if I'm a Packer fan? Um, you know what I like? Um, I'm excited about Alan Lazard. Uh, I thought that he had a great week last week. I, I want to see what that guy can do. And I mean, I, I, this is what I love about parlays. This is what I love about everything uh, about what DraftKings is doing. Um, you know, there, there, there's so many games. There's so many dynamic things you can do to bet with these draft game, uh, DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. And to make things even sweeter, folks, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Yeah, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, all right, so Dan, looking then at this Packers offense against the Giants defense, you listed uh, a few guys, obviously, that are going to be key players out for the Giants on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, they're missing a few guys as well. Um, if you look at um, and, and at multiple position groups. So, um, you know, they're going to be without um, Aziz Aujari, um, a linebacker. Um, they're missing Henry Mandel on the mm-hmm. defensive line. Um, and w- one of their nickel corners um, in Cordell Flat. So um, they could be a little bit limited defensively as well in terms of uh, some of the guys they would normally have out there. Uh, but Dean, all that being said, what do you see as the biggest keys here this week for the Packers' offense against this Giants' defense? In the fourth quarter last week, AJ Dillon was doing everything in that final drive in overtime, in particular. Actually, uh, I should clarify, in overtime, I watched that last night again. Wags, AJ Dillon was running over dudes. We watched him play so physical in that overtime. And, you know, yeah, it gives me the, the courtesy there of hindsight because I was so dialed up, I wasn't totally noticing um, it live, right? How he was moving the pile, how he was running over dudes. This week, um, you know, some weeks we talk about Aaron Jones weeks. This week, excuse me, to me, is shaping up to be an A.J. Dillon week. I just, I look at the linebackers. Uh, I look at Tay Crowder and, and, and Micah McFadden and, and some of these guys in their in their base defense. It's a 3-4 defense. And I think the Packers can exploit uh, the inside uh, 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 there with A.J. Dillon and playing big physical football. Um, I thought David Bakhtiari held up and played remarkably well yet again. This last week, Yash Nyman uh, was was uh, ill. So Bakhtiari played more snaps than I think had, they had anticipated. And he played and he held up and he played really well. Um, so Wags, going into this week, I want to see some power smash mouth old school football. I know we're going to England and they want to see footballs through the air and I'm sure they want to see a ton of touchdowns, but I don't care about any of that. I care about winning. I care about playing Green Bay Packer football. I think this Packer offensive line can manhandle this New York Giants defensive line and that's no small feat. I think that, to your point, I think the Giants defense is stronger than the Giants offense if we're, if we're matching things up here, but I want to see the Packers offense go in there and run the ball directly at the heart of this Giants defense, and I want them to play big, strong, um, angry football this week. So I think the key to this matchup is going to be line of scrimmage with the offensive line and give that ball to A.J. Dillon, and he's going to be our bowling ball this week. I think that A.J. Dillon's primed to have a good, big week against New York. Dean, I like and agree with everything you're saying. Uh, So this isn't a counterpoint, but our quarterback seems to think that we need to open things up on the offensive side of the ball. What does he know um, about football, Wags? What does he know about football? Come on. Well, Talk to me. I know, I know last <laughs> week I talked about wanting to try to get something going in the vertical passing game. Um, and it seems like Aaron Rodgers was really trying to get something going in the vertical <laughs> passing game. Right. So I, I, which, which I have no problem with. But at the same time, Dan, do you think that he – 
is going to have to try to at some point come to grips with the reality that he's this is not an offense that he's going to throw the ball 40 times a game so he may not have 10 to 15 downfield throws to take shots at, at every game like he has had in the past uh, because it did seem like um you know some of those are throws in the first half that Aaron was just missing that were very um, Definitely. Uh, 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 yeah, just not like Aaron Rodgers to miss throws that badly. But at the same time, they were, there seemed to be some decisions he were making in, in making some of those throws that was just counterproductive to the rhythm of the offense because that first half, I'll tell you what, we were running the ball really effectively, and it was a little bit frustrating to me that we weren't able to take advantage of some of the opportunities as we were moving down the field yeah. uh, because uh, Aaron was missing on a couple of those long shots when instead of just taking what the defense is giving him, move those sticks and let's put some more points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see the Packers air it out and, and, and be able to do it. I just, I'm, I'm thinking about what I think is, is going to be the most impactful thing uh, for this offense to keep rolling against this matchup this week. But, I mean, of course, I, I Wags, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to throw that football. And I, and I know that he's going to be looking. And I, and I tell you what, I've been really pleased with what Romeo Dobbs has been able to do. And what's up? We got folks, for those of you listening on the podcast, we got a bunch of folks jumping on right now uh, in our comments. David Henderson and Natasha uh, Fieldsmith and, and Shadid. Kelly, what's up, Shadid? Um, so, but I got to tell you that. Um, I would love to see the Packers continue to be aggressive offensively, but I don't want them to completely bail on the things that are working for them either. And um, this, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers can say that, but also if we're talking about the 11 best uh, most talented guys on the offense. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are two of those guys. So, you know, it's it's going to be kind of a mix of those things. I think there's a time and place, and certainly we want this to be the most dynamic offense it can possibly be. Um, so I don't want to become some one-dimensional team either. And I want to see these young wide receivers continue to grow. Romeo Dobbs, I think, has shown it. I know last week we really wish he could have come down with that ball in the end zone. But the fact that he's even close to that in his fourth game in the NFL, being the you know not a first-round pick or anything, this kid can play ball. We're going to be able to trust this guy. I promise you, he's going to be a very, very good wide receiver in this league. Um, but also Christian Watson coming back this week. I want to see these guys continue to grow, continue to get snaps. And I want Aaron to be able to take his shots. But I also want us to be able to rely on some of our top line players. And I think A.J. Dillon this week is going to be one of those guys. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple of times over the years on the podcast, and you've very articulately said that that's part of what makes Aaron Rodgers great. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say that I think over the last few years, I've had about enough of the, <laughs> we're at the opponent's 40-yard line, Yeah, we need the first goal to me is to get five more yards and just give Mason Crosby a shot to make a field goal. Um but it seems like we've seen an awful lot of we're get we get to that opponent's thirty or forty yard line. Aaron gets a sack, or we take, you know, and instead of getting a you know uh, giving a receiver a shot at making a first down on the passing play, an easier pass uh, underneath, he's going long and taking a shot at the end zone. And like I get it in the grand scheme of things. Um, Aaron probably connects on throws in a bunch of situations that you can just easily forget because you don't you bury the ones that work out right. But yeah. uh, at, at, on the other hand, um, like in, in the second drive last week, uh, Packers already had put seven on the board, 
or I'm sorry, we hadn't scored at that point. Um, it's a three nothing ball game, and I, to me, it's like okay, let's first work on getting into field goal range. Give Mason Crosby a chance to tie this game. Worst case scenario, uh, and instead, you know, we get sacked and we're out. We're, we've got to punt the football. So, mm-hmm. um, so Dane, I, I I do think that there's time and place to take those shots and he just may not have as many opportunities as he's had in the past um, so it'll be interesting to see if Aaron continues to transition away from that offensive identity crisis mm-hmm. if you will and is going to accept what this what this Packer offense is and what it's, what it's not uh, which is um, uh, an air raid attack that has been in the past Legs, I'm looking at the comments right now, and David's, uh, uh, I love this. Can we please throw vertically more to Christian Watson um, more than one time a game? Uh, and and I see others, uh, Shadid's also mentioning Romeo and Christian. I, what's your take on the Christian Watson? Uh, I know last week he was hurt, but, um, you know, they're clearly manufacturing touches for Christian. He had his first NFL touchdown a couple weeks ago. Look, he looks really fun uh, and solid and strong and, and um very capable with the football in his hands. Um, obviously, week one dropped the ball, but did all the hard stuff to get open. Um, so what's your read on that? And do you think we're going to see Christian Watson get more worked in uh, downfield? Because, yes, he's getting the ball around the line of scrimmage, but that's a lot different than catching the ball 20 yards downfield. So what's your read on that? And do you think that we're going to see some of that even this week? It sounds like Christian's going to be back in action this week. We will. Um, and to be honest with you, last week one of the throws Aaron – through was to Christian Watson. It was a back shoulder along the sideline. It's the catch that Devontae Adams always makes, and you just go, wow. (laughs) And it's like right in the perfect spot. Um, And so I think Aaron's thinking, I threw that in the perfect spot, and Christian Watson just wasn't really tracking the ball. Uh, It wasn't overthrown. He just wasn't in the right spot. So uh, they're still going to be continuing to get on the same page. And I think um, they probably went back to the tape, I'm sure, watched that, and Aaron's able to point out to Christian, look, um, I'm always going to throw it to the sidelines uh, if if possible because uh, then you're the only guy that's going to be able to make a play on the football. Um, so mm-hmm. that was an example of a vertical pass that was, in my opinion, catchable. Um, it just uh, Christian Watson wasn't quite spot on in tracking the football and on his route. So um, hopefully they're able to get on the same page. I don't mind taking some shots, Dane. I just don't want mm-hmm. it to come at the expense of, uh, of a good drive and, and the rhythm of the offense uh, when we're trying to go down and put some points on the board. So, right, so you don't want third you don't want third and two and to chuck it forty yards downfield? Come on, how dare you? I, I don't want it on third and eight to chuck it forty yards downfield. <laughs> I, I just want them to move the sticks. Like if it works, great. Like they, they he had a couple beautiful passes to Randall Cobb on a on a third, third awesome. down situation yeah. last week. But uh, so I, I'm not trying to limit the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm just saying maybe pick and choose which down and distances you do it and don't do it every time when you're like right within field goal range let's let's get in that that red zone and then let's take our shots let's take our shots on first or second down um 
you know, third down is is the money making down. I, I want them to move the chains on that down. Wait, I not all I, I'm asking. I think we should coin the phrase on T-shirts. I'm not trying to limit the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a fantastic Lombardi's Legends quote. Fair, <laughs> uh, uh, and but Dan, I, I I think it's one of those things that this week. Um, it's we're seeing it all over the comments. Uh, we need more Bob Tunyon. We need yeah. uh, Bob we Tunyon. Need Cri- Romeo and Christian. I said this yeah. from the first game of the season. Um, Randall Cobb, for as an example, is if he continues to give us what he's given us every game this year, I'll be ecstatic. But yeah. he can't be the main guy that they're leaning on in this pass game. Um, so the more that they can continue to evolve and get uh, on the same page with, with Romeo Dobbs and with Christian Watson, the more dynamic this pass offense can be. But in the meantime, the way that we're running the football, let's not shoot ourselves in the foot. Let's continue to run the ball, put points up on the board, and take advantage of opportunities when we get them. Yeah, I love it, Natasha. LOL, third and three. I think I'll take a deep shot here. <laughs> I love it. No, we all see the same stuff. It's fun. I mean, it, oh, I love the Packers. I love all these fans. You guys are great. Um, Wags, so we talked about Christian Watson. We talked about the running game a little bit. Let's talk about the tight ends. We talked about Bob Tunyon. Um, thought he worked in, had that nice touchdown last week. I mean, can we expect more of that? I think that that was a building block moment for big Bob Tunyon um, to see him getting worked back in that way. And I know Aaron trusts him uh, implicitly. So, uh, you know, we want to see Aaron have guys he can trust. Bob Tunyon's one of those guys. Am I right? Yeah. Um, he's like, the Alan Lazard of, of the wide receiver group. Like he's not going to be leading the team in receptions or, you know, one of the NFL leaders in, in yards and receptions for tight ends, but um, he might be up there for touchdowns by the end mm-hmm. of the season. Uh, if he continues what he's doing, um, I would like to see him get targeted more to be quite honest with you. I, I think he can be that steady, um, presence that we're talking about uh, on a third down situation let's let's try to get bob tony in the ball and uh you know and see what he's able to do uh with more opportunities because uh, i think he can be one of those five to six to uh, catches for 60 to 70 yards uh, a week type of guy um and um why not try to lean on him a little bit more considering some of the growing pains that we're seeing from from this young wide receiver group yeah, and, and DeGuara's mentioned in the comments. Um, thanks for that, uh, Shadid. Uh, so sh- I feel like Josiah DeGuara has not gotten nearly as many snaps this year as I was expecting him to. Um, you know, I wasn't thinking he was going to be getting 50 snaps a game, but I thought they'd work him in a little bit more. I said it on this podcast. I love him in the backfield. I think that he's a good, he clears guys out a little bit. Um, but with the limited use, that he's had, um, you know, I, I think that he's he's just somebody that they're not utilizing as much, and and um, you know, I think Tyler Davis has been playing really good football. I think he's been getting more snap count. I know they're a little bit different position, you know, overall, but they're both tight ends. So I think it's worth noting. Well, but I agree with you. On the other hand, we talk about wanting to get both Dylan and, and Aaron Jones on Fair. the field more. Fair. And that's the trade-off is Fair. that one of these, these tight ends are going to get less snap. Um, so if if you want to get Josiah DeGuire on the field more, that's fine. But Fair. you want to do that at the expense of less snaps for A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones. I'm not sure about that. So Fair. I think 
there there could be an answer there somewhere in how they're able to get the right personnel groupings and packages uh, to get him more involved and get more two tight end looks uh, in this offense. But uh, sometimes it's not as easy as just saying, oh, we've got to get him more reps because sure. someone else is going to have to come off in that situation. Fair. No, that's good. That's great insight, man. Um, what else? I, I mean, I've got... Wags, I just want to, I'm going to tee it up right now. I've got in our back pocket our X Factors of the Week and score predictions. So these are things that I'm looking forward to right now. Maybe we just go right in to the leap. Let's do it, man. Um, we're, we're talking Leap Spirits Vodka, X Factor of uh, of Week 5. And folks, drop your score predictions in the comments. We're going to read out any score predictions you all have. But let's talk X Factor. Wags, I'm giving it to you two weeks in a row. You get to go first. Leap Spirits. And folks, I'm holding it up for you watching the video. I'm holding up with some Leap Spirits Vodka right here. It's going to be great for Bloody Marys on... Uh, and screwdrivers uh, Sunday morning for this early football game, this Packer game. Wags, who you got for your offensive X Factor from Leap Spirits Vodka? Man, I'm just going to go with uh, Christian Watson. We've been talking about these young guys all over the chat, um, and I'm going to keep going Christian Watson every week until he gets a pass reception touchdown. I know I went with him last week, and he was able to get into the end zone on a rushing touchdown, so very happy for him uh, that he was able to get his first touchdown as a Packer. But um, I think that it's time. Uh, that we see Christian Watson get more involved as a receiver. Um, it's great that they can get him on these jet sweeps, uh, but I think he can be much more than that. And uh, I'm hoping that this is the week that they make it happen. And uh, so I'm going to go with Christian Watson as an X factor this week uh, for the offensive side of the ball. You jerk. That's what I was going to say, but let's keep it interesting. I'll stay at wide receiver. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, the old dog, Randall Cobb, uh, is going to be my X factor this week. He he moved the chains last week, had that big moment on third down. Aaron Rodgers uh, has publicly said this week that he thinks Cobb should get more touches, more reps. Um, so I think that at least for this week, Randall Cobb gets more touches, gets more reps, and I think Randall Cobb finds the end zone for the Packers this week. Um, um, so Randall Cobb is my Leaf Spirits Vodka uh, Offensive X Factor of Week 5. Wags, let's go to defense. And folks, while we're doing this, why don't you keep throwing uh, your score predictions in the chat? Uh, we're going to be reading them all off. But Wags, on the defensive side, who is your Leaf Spirits Vodka X Factor of uh, Defensive X Factor of Week 5? Well, I better give you the honors on the defensive side of the ball. How dare uh, you. I keep... Uh, picking winners, so go ahead. Who, who do you got on the defensive side? Well, well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a, a, a pretty busy week for uh, uh, some of these guys out there. I, I'm looking. I thought about pass rushers. I thought about you know a lot of different things and. At the end of the day, I'm going to. I've got a few guys in mind right now, Wag. So that's why I'm kind of hemming and hawing right now. And I'm just going to jump in. You're 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 taking too long. All right. Well, I'm thinking about it. I the, people want to hear thoughtful thought. I'm going to go with Razul Douglas. I think Razul Douglas is going to have a big week. I think he's going to be really good. I'm swooping in. I can feel legs. That's who you were going to pick. Zul's going to make Dan Hill uh, Jones make a mistake, and he's going to have a pick. 
I was literally going to do that because you were and hawing, and you couldn't get you couldn't spit your pick out, and then you just had the last second pull that one out. All right, well, um, I I didn't have a, a clear backup, but wh- where I'm going to go, Dane, is uh, I I think I'm going to go with Rudy Ford. He may not get a ton of snaps defensively. However, I think with both. Um, Adrian Amos and Tariq Carpenter questionable. I think there's a chance uh, the way that Rudy Ford was able to step in and play last week that he may not get a full run of reps this week, but I think he's going to be out there, and I liked what I saw from him last week, so I'm just going to go out on a deep cut limb and predict that Rudy Ford uh, gets an interception in this game. Yeah, we're going to get a sneaky we're going to get a sneaky performance here from Rudy Ford. So uh, Rudy that's going to be my, yeah, my defensive expert. Love it. We know what he can do on special teams. Number uh, 20. I was, impressed. Yep, I was impressed that he was able to step in and play well uh, in the base defense last week. Rudy, Rudy, rah, 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 Rudy Ford. I love it, Wags. Going with the, uh, the late signing this year who's made an impact on special teams. Well, it's prediction time, folks, and I'm going to – um, what do you think, Wags? I'm going to read out some of these predictions first. We've got some great comments in the chat. As always, we love y'all. Uh, Shadid says Green Bay 27, New York Giants 17. Um, that's a that's a you know a ten score ten point game. David Henderson says I think it's another nail biter 